welcoming Kiana, the founder of Honey and Vinyl, a luxury wedding band and musical experience that focuses on every aspect of the event and really caters to what the sound should be for pivotal moments on a wedding day. Mm -hmm. You'll learn from her about how to embrace the imperfections and adapt on a wedding day. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Develop, a podcast for creatives. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner. And we are two hybrid wedding photographers that dub ourselves work wives. With a passion for developing community and daring to take risks in business and art, we want to bring you along on a journey. The journey of artists, makers, business professionals, and more who want to level up their businesses by daring greatly and developing community. So let's get started. Today on Dare to Develop, we are so excited to have Kiana, the founder of Honey and Vinyl, an amazing wedding industry band, musicians, artists. I don't think there's anything they don't do. We're so excited to have you here today. I'm excited as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we can't wait to hear from you about daring to focus on the beauty of imperfection. Yep, that's it. That's what we're doing today. So we would love for you to tell us a little about yourself and your business. So myself, my name is Keanu Quinn. I am born and raised in Chicago. I am now a Brooklyn girl. I've been in New York now for about 12 years. Wow. And yeah, as Ashley and Kristen said, I am the founder of Honey and Vinyl, and we are a boutique music company that designs custom music experiences and sonic branding. I love that. Yeah. We're going to recommend to all our guests definitely that they check out your site because you do so many amazing things for your couples and for events across the board, it seems like. Yes. It's my passion. (laughs) So we'd love to dive right on into our topic today, which is daring to focus on the beauty of imperfection. So Kiana, we'd love if you could tell us just a little bit about the journey of starting Honey and Vinyl, what it looked like at the beginning versus what it looks like now. Mm -hmm. So I started out working with a few different companies when I first moved to New York. I was actually a teacher first and I moved to New York for love. And within six months, that was no longer. And so I worked in education. When I got here, I worked in in education and decided to go the music route. I actually, I wasn't going to say any of this, but I actually auditioned for American Idol, got really far in the process. Yeah. And decided after that, when I got back, I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to just pursue music. I'm not looking to be a celebrity. I don't know what it is I want to do, but I know that music is where I want to be. And so I started to work with different music companies around the city performing for high-end private events and eventually settled on one major amazing company and was doing mostly, I was a lead singer in um, a wedding dance band. And we were doing mostly high-end events around the world. And I really enjoyed it. And one day I noticed something really interesting. We were performing for a celebrity rehearsal dinner and the band who was an amazing band, but they were playing the music and it, it was too loud. It was too fast and it was not the best genre for that moment. So imagine a group of people, you know, two families meeting for the first time, a lot of them, and the band is playing Living on a Prayer. 
like in the beginning of the rehearsal dinner. And I looked around and I noticed that nobody else on stage with me was like bothered by the idea that I, I could just see out in, in the audience that people were like moving really closely to one another because they couldn't hear yeah. each other. And nobody was dancing. Nobody yeah. was drunk. So yeah. nobody was singing along. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's That's just, like an end of the night song. Right? right? <laughs> That's an end of the night. Thank you. It's, it's like the topic matters. The purpose of the event matters. The volume. Like all those little things are actually really big things. And when I looked around and noticed that no one else on stage blinked an eye, I was like, yeah, I want to do something to solve this problem. And that's the honey and vinyl was the answer to that problem. I wanted to play music really mindfully and I wanted it to be, I wanted us to be very intentional about the type of music we played, how we played it, how loud we played it, when we played it, why we played it. It, it, it just, I became super intentional about what I was doing and what I was passionate about and how I was bringing that to um, my work. I love that. It's the intentionality you have of just this wedding that's so important. You don't sometimes think about the music bringing in those memories, but it does. So completely love that. Can you tell us a little bit about your passion for kind of focusing on the beauty of imperfection and kind of calling that out? It was kind of born out of the idea that in order for something to be good, it had to be perfect. And I think that's a really flawed way of approaching really anything in life, but especially events and, you know, specifically weddings as event professionals, we obviously want the day to go perfectly. So does the bride and groom, you know, or so does the client who's, you know, spending so much money on the execution. And I think that, I don't know, when I think about just being a kid, even putting on shows as a little girl, like my sisters were my background singers and they could <laughs> not make a mistake. Like if they made a mistake on the song, they were out of the band. I was hardcore, but you know, music doesn't work that way. And, and creativity doesn't really work that way. It's kind of messy sometimes. And it's about leaving room for quote unquote mistakes. And so I wasn't the perfect musician. I didn't go to Berkeley. I didn't go to Juilliard, but I had, I think the best training growing up and learning about music in church. And so there's this like in the black Baptist church, especially there is the, there's just so much imperfect going on in the sense that you never know when someone is going to want to jump up and sing a song. You don't know what key they're going to sing that song in. So if you're the, the pianist, you have to follow along and be able to respond in the moment and really have a great sharp ear. And so learning in that environment really just helped me to be a little more adaptable to the imperfect. And I think it lends itself to how I, I do my work today. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're talking about a wedding day 
everyone has this vision of it being perfect and music really can contribute to that. I mean, in my own personal experience, the main hiccup of our wedding day was the DJ and just things going wrong one after another. And so there were moments that had the wrong music. There were moments that had no music when there was supposed to be music. So I could really appreciate that as as a former bride who lived through it, how much intentionality you put to getting as close to perfection as possible for your clients, but also having that fluidity and grace that we need to have as creatives too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kiana, do you feel like there was a defining moment in your life or your career when you realized that you really needed to shift your outlook from perfection to, you know, having that grace while striving for an excellent event? To be honest, I would say... No, I don't think that there was like a defining moment where I was like, I need to be imperfect and accept that about myself. <laughs> it's, it's definitely been a process. And I think I learn it every single time and relearn it every single time mm-hmm. we perform. Mm-hmm. And it's so humbling. You know what I mean? Because I can rest in the fact that I will never be perfect. But it doesn't mean that I can't bring the magic that we create through that imperfection to our clients and to events in general. And actually, it lends itself to me depending on my instincts a lot more. And that instinct led to me creating an approach called the Sonic Sommelier approach. And it really just in short, it means that we ensure that the music matches the moment in the same way that a sommelier has like an expansive, extensive knowledge about wines from every region and how it perfectly pairs with, you know, different cuisines. We have been really head down in our research and, and study and application and development in the sense that there's a knowing that comes along and an instinct that comes along with being able to apply that expansive knowledge base to how we bring music to um, a gathering. Yes, I love that. I think as creatives, just continually learning and then putting that into our art is so necessary for us to grow. And it seems like you guys have such a great business outlook and continually to grow while you, with each event. Mm-hmm. So how do you think focusing on this imperfection has made you a better business owner in person? I think if nothing else, it's made me a much better listener. Mm-hmm. And in order to be a good listener, you have to be present. In order to be present, you have to be fluid and adaptable. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it has helped me there's like an alchemy between being present and being able to improvise and respond in the moment, but also being very prepared Mm -hmm. and being prepared also means not expecting things to go wrong, but being ready when they do, because it's not if they do, it is always when they do, you know, one of my, my favorite references for as, as far as Sonic Sommelier is concerned is, you know, is the kitchen running behind? We've got a song for that. You know what I mean? Like inevitably something that the ceremony may run over or there may be an awkward moment because somebody gave, you know, uh, told a bad joke during a speech. (laughs) We literally have, you know, 
a, a go-to for those moments, but also we're very adaptable in that it can go either way, but having that preparation and that instinct and reading the room and listening and observing, it's like being, it's almost like being a conductor, except when my back is to the audience, I am listening to the band. And when my back is to the band and I'm performing, I am listening to the audience. And it's a little bit of both. I have to have a foot in each side. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you feel like experience just over the years contributes to that too? Because I know Uh as photographers, like, I mean, to this day, we still both get home and are like, shoot, I said I was going to get another picture of the flower girl or, you know, (laughs) thinking of that one shot you missed, but at the same time, it definitely has improved over the years, you know, like over, you know, hundreds of weddings. So how do you, how much do you feel like it's just your experience of working so many different events and performing so often has contributed to that too. My personal opinion is that it is 98% experience because I have the pleasure of working with the best of the best. I have the pleasure of working with like majority of the musicians that we work with have graduated from Berkeley, you know what I mean? And do have a Juilliard education, Juilliard background and have been classically trained and whatnot. And Sometimes that rigidity gets in the way, you know, that training, that technical background can get in the way and leaving room for that technicality and also for the, like I said, the, for anything to just happen, anything to go wrong, yeah. finding a way to stand in both of those places or, or leaving space for both of them. But I think the experience is the best teacher. Absolutely. Yes. On the job learning. Yeah. <laughs> On the job training. That's right. <laughs> hey, Christine here. We'll get back to the episode in just one moment, but I wanted to share with you all a little discount code on my print shop. If you're needing any prints for your house or your workspace, go check out my landscape photography at christineherman.com. There'll be a discount code of 20% off if you use the code dare to develop. Now back to the show. tips for say someone who wants to get into the music side who doesn't have the training or to kind of how they're going to get that experience? That's a really great question. I would say if they want to get specifically into events, I would say reach out to a music company and ask if you can be a production assistant, if you can be an on-site, you know, extra set of hands. I think that at least my company would greatly appreciate something like that. I think immersing yourself in the environment first, because you can be really great at music. You can be the best singer, the best musician, but this particular field is not for everyone. You know, I've hired musicians who are the best. And when it comes to events, they just don't have it. It's not the way I would say it is. It's not their ministry. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is is not where they belong. (laughs) Uh, yeah. yeah I can imagine yeah. that some of those classically trained artists are used to like a concert format you know with no interruption no fluidity or no like on the job thinking and problem solving like you said absolutely but I that's also not to discount because I work with tons of classically trained musicians and they're fantastic they are the cream of the crop but I think that the beauty in us being able to work together is what we can learn from one another and how we can meld both of our approaches to bring 
greatness to, to the gathering. Yes. So I know you talked a little bit just about how the wedding industry in general is striving for perfection. What are some of the common struggles you see vendors, whether that's artists and musicians or anyone on the wedding day team, like what are some of those struggles you see them going through when it comes to the hustle of running your own business, the hustle of striving for that perfection for a blog or for a feature or, you know, for a highlight of any kind? Mm -hmm. Some of the struggles that I see, honestly, I think that if I can be transparent and because I don't know any other way, um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that something I see quite a bit is I don't think people are gentle enough with themselves. And so they find it, it seems that they find it difficult to be gentle with others in high stress environments, Mm -hmm. events. I think someone said, are you guys familiar with Engage? Yeah. The conference? Okay. So I attended it. I've attended several Engages, performed for several Engages. But the first time I attended as a business owner, I can't remember if it was, I can't remember who said it. So I I don't want to lie to you. But they found that wedding professionals, I don't know if it's specifically planners, but I'm just going to make it for all professionals, you know, event professionals. The stress level is higher than that of a heart surgeon. Oh man! And so, yeah, that stress is real. It's real. It's present. And you have to respond in the moment. You, I hate this word, the P word that rhymes with divot, but even (laughs) where I love to hear it. It's such a buzzword that everybody now has heard enough of, but I think even, even pre pandemic, that's the other P word I don't like right now, but <laughs> even I think that there's, there's just a certain amount of pivot. Everyone in the, that's working in the room needs to have, and there's a grace and there's a dance that we're all doing with each other. We're, we're, you know, attempting to stay out of each other's way, but then also attempting to cooperate and collaborate in a meaningful way. And so I think that the struggles I see on site more than anything is, are when people have, a difficulty with gentleness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the higher the wedding, the more luxurious it is, the more pressure people put on themselves. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh. I love that. So what tips do you have for creatives and vendors when they're, since they're struggling with this perfection? I would have never said this five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> My tips would be to say yes, like say yes to imperfect, say yes to creating more magic. Cause I genuinely believe that like the imperfect, that's when the true artistry comes out. And that's when we really shine, when we have to solve a problem. I don't like to, you know, diminish us as problem solvers, but that is a huge part of what we do, you know, whether it's in photography or whether it's the caterer or, you know, the planner or the florist. If something has gone wrong at some point in everybody's day on the day of an event mm-hmm. and, or something has gone unplanned. And so 
that's when we get to rise to the occasion and really shine and be reminded of, wow, this is why I'm good at my job, you know? So when things aren't perfect, that's when we do our best magic. So I would say yes to imperfect, yes to creating more magic, yes to the alchemy of listening and observing the imperfect to appropriately respond to it because it's really just a refining tool. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I mean, I know we'll come home, whether it's from an event or from a workshop or something like that. And you'll be like, wow, it was really not that hard to get a beautiful shot because the lighting conditions were perfect and the dress was gorgeous and all of that. But real weddings bring out real scenarios and that often looks different and figuring it out in the moment or figuring it out that day or leaning on the team to figure it out together. And so I think that is really powerful to lean into the imperfect and use it then to your advantage. And I think what you said is true, like your true artistry, your true talent shows when you do your great work in the midst of those circumstances. Absolutely. Like when you think about the hard day that you had in your profession and you made it through, you get home, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) You know what I mean? But then being able to say, you know, right after that, or maybe the next day, you know, after you've had a glass of wine, (laughs) (laughs) being able to say, holy crap, I did that. We did that as a team. Look at how great I am and being okay with saying that, you know what I mean? Look at how much I've learned that I've been able to apply to my craft. That's boss. Mm-hmm. I love that. So with this general idea, how would you like to see the industry as a whole shift moving forward when it comes to striving for that ultimate perfection, to have the best event, to get featured, to be a speaker at Engage, you know, whatever that might look mm-hmm. like. But how would you like to see, yeah, the, just the industry as a whole shift? I would... I'd like to think of it in terms of music again. So you have people with perfect pitch, you know, and that just means that they know the note, they know the key of every song or every song in their own catalog and they can play it, you know, right away and tell you what key it's in. They're just perfect pitch. And then you have the classically trained people we talked about and people who know the Suzuki method and it's buttoned up and proper. And all of those things are really good because they are guys guideposts, you know, at this. And and so event professionals are visionaries, right? We have the perfect picture in our mind. Creatives, I think in general, a lot of the time have the perfect picture in mind, how it's supposed to be. You know, we delineate and we have an end in sight. And that's what makes us really good at what we do. But I think that the best of us understand the gift in imperfection. So if you're thinking in terms of like jazz, right? So jazz although it still requires arrangement and composition and understanding of timing. And it's not as messy as people assume. It's not just a bunch of musicians getting on stage and playing whatever at all. It still requires that improv. It's, you know, it still requires rhythm and syncopation and being able to like deliberately deviate from the norm, right? And be original. And so whenever you're doing that, you're showing up as your authentic self. And, you know, I've said this more like three times already, but that's really when you're bringing your magic to the moment. And so I would like to see the industry shift in that to go beyond the pretty, 
and be okay with things being a little imperfect and seeing the beauty in that because it's not, because you're deviating from the norm. I love like that. Like resting in your artistry and being okay with that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Is there, before we move into some uh, fast facts, is there anything you'd like to end on, contribute before? It's interesting because when you guys reached out, your the title of your uh, podcast reminded me of one of my favorite books, Brene Brown. And I read this book before I knew who she was and I had no clue. Honestly, I was... <laughs> Fantastic. I found the book on the street in Canada. I was literally walking down the street in Toronto, a neighborhood street. I was recording and I saw the book and I was like, oh, Daring Greatly, you know, must be a sign. I'll read it. And I read it in a weekend. But the title of your podcast reminded me of the book. And there's one little sentence in the book that I think I'd like to end with, which is don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Ah, so good. I'm going to need to make like a wallpaper. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yeah. You and me both. Yes. I love that. And we will uh, link the book in the show notes for our listeners too. So they can check it out. Yes. Cool. So we'd love to move into a time, Kiana, of fast facts. So our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So first up, what is your favorite tool to use in your business? Besides your beautiful voice, of course. (laughs) Favorite tool to use in my business? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. (laughs) I don't know that this is my favorite tool, but it's definitely the tool I use the most and it's Google Drive. Yeah. It's where I put all of my set lists and it helps me to stay really organized and communicate with my musicians in a way that's really streamlined because we also use Google Calendar yeah. and mm-hmm. just attach it to, yeah. So yeah, Google Drive. That's Love my homegirl. Love it. Sure. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite post-wedding snack? French fries. Yeah. <laughs> And try adding in and out or a McDonald's. So wait, are those in and out or McDonald's? Those are in and out. Yeah, we know hit in and out. I am a sucker for a McDonald's fries. (laughs) I am very much a sucker for a McDonald's fry. I'm I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It feels like it's worth it at the end of a wedding day. Like you worked so hard, you know, I earn it. Yes. (laughs) So this is a question we ask all our guests, but I'm very intrigued since you're a musical artist. And we normally ask, what is the song that you listen to to get you pumped up for a wedding day? Do you have, do you have any music? We do have some guests that prefer (laughs) beforehand too. (laughs) So two things. The first one is if I'm listening to music before I perform, I'm usually brushing up on whatever it is I have to perform. For sure. Majority of the time. anything I don't like to hear anything right before I perform and I don't like to hear anything immediately after I perform I love quiet (laughs) I'm gonna add one in there do you have a favorite genre you like to perform the most it used to be jazz but that's that's when jazz was really new to me now I just like to perform it all anytime I'm challenged to do something I had to learn a reggae song and the singer for a wedding last Sunday and the singer sang it in Patois. 
Oh, <laughs> I do not know Patois at all. Um, and I was so scared when she told me that was the song she wanted. I was so scared that I wasn't going to get it, but I absolutely really enjoyed learning it and she loved it. And yeah, so anything that's going to be a challenge for me, I enjoy. Yes. And I think we want to ask too, what is the most requested song you get? <laughs> most requested song I would say now we don't now we don't get a most requested song before a long time it was feeling good and I think that once people knew that we could do you know music you know that wasn't necessarily jazz because that like we were pigeonholed as a jazz band for a very long time once people realized that we could literally do everything we Get asked to do everything. Yeah. A, a, a reggae song in Patois last week. So. <laughs> I love yes. it. Love it. Love it. So, what is your favorite thing to do outside of the industry and singing? I like to be with people I love. I really do. I am a, I don't know. I love my family. I love my friends. I just like to chill. I'm a homebody, to be honest. I, sometimes I wish I wasn't, but I just have to accept myself. I am a homebody. I love to go for a good walk. Um, and I love hiking. Love it. What is the best education you've learned from over the years for your business? I have been, I have not recently because I've been learned out. Like, you know, you get to play, like, okay, no more information can fit in my brain. Please stop. And I would say in March, April, and May of this year, I was using a lot of my time listening to podcasts and webinars and Zoom calls. And a lot of the things that I learned, people were just really generous with information at the top of, of the pandemic. And I, I, feel as though I really, I tuned in and I zoned out and I just attempted to soak in as much as I could. So I would say, you know, the last few months was the best education I got as far as my business is concerned, for sure. Definitely. Is there a podcast that sticks out that you learn from? There is, I really like how I built this, but everybody likes that one. <laughs> To be honest with you, I really like Help Me Be Me because it's more about mental health and emotional health and the host isn't a mental health professional. She's a regular chick who does her reading and really just speaks the language of a regular girl. And it helps me navigate just being a person, you know, because if I'm not okay, Kiana herself, then I can't be a really, I can't be a great creative. I can't be a great leader. I can't be a great sister or any of those other things that I'm doing in life. Love it. What is one daring leap you've taken in your business or in your life? That would be recent. Actually in June, I announced that I had written a children's book. And so I took pre-orders and we are nearly sold out. I've sold almost 500 books. I'm completely um, in awe. I had never thought I would write it. I always wanted to write one, but I wrote it a couple years ago. And then in June, I was just like, what the heck? Let's I'm just going to, you're like, let's just go yeah. for it. <laughs> and it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Oh, we love that. And we can't wait to check it out. And we'll link it in the show notes too. I love that. So what is one thing you feel like you're great at in your business? I believe I'm a great leader. I, I 
I'm not the oldest. I'm the number two. And so I am, I think that I'm particularly good at incorporating people's um, perspectives and opinions and not thinking that I know for sure the way to go. I trust my team to have input. And I think that, and I'm okay with leading from behind. They, I, I trust that they can, you know, navigate the terrain and you know, check in with me and, and they do such a great job with or without me. And I think that's a great measure of a leader. So I think I'm a good leader. I can say that. Yes. I mean, I'm definitely getting that sense yes. just from, from chatting <laughs> with you. So. Yes. Thank so, you. Yeah. So being in a group environment with your band and having the leeway for imperfection, how do you kind of handle that with everybody? So I believe that everything serves its purpose. And so I do think there is a place for striving for perfection, even in our work, actually. I think that's a really great thing to do. It's just knowing the the timing, knowing when to, like I said, be gentle with yourself, lay off, lay back, allow, all those things. I am, I strive for perfection in professionalism. And so if I'm on site, you know, and I know that I want the day to go well, I want to keep the morale up. If my musicians are pissed at me, they're not going to sound good, whether they're doing it intentionally or not. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I want them to feel good and to sound good so that we can bring that good energy, those good vibes to the room. And so I strive for perfectionism in how I communicate with them. I really bite the bullet a lot of the times to keep the morale up and to keep the vibes good. I love that you, I, not necessarily take one for the team, but that you're just very no, that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I take one to the chin and I think that's what I signed up for is to take one to the chin. I'm my new, and I don't want to say mantra, but because I've been working on this whole idea of perfectionism, I've gone from thinking that things have to be perfect to to replacing that idea with the idea that I am strong enough to withstand and gentle enough to adapt. And if that's the truth, then I can take one to the chin and everything will be okay. Everything, everybody's going to be okay, including me. Mm -hmm. Love that. So where can our listeners find you, Honey and Vinyl, and your children's book online, website, social media, et cetera? Yes. So Honey and Vinyl's uh, website is honeyandvinylmusic.com. And you can find us on Instagram at, at honeyandvinyl, all spelled out. And then for the children's book, you can find us at honeychildbooks.com. That's books with an S. And on Instagram at honeychild-books. Perfect. Perfect. And Do you have any special announcements or offers for our listeners? Absolutely. So like I said, we have just a few books left and the, I have a special pricing on there. The books will, when we replenish our inventory, it'll go up to $19.99, but right now we have a special price of $13.66. So go to honeychildbooks.com today. And yeah, get a book for your loved ones, your loved ones, loved ones, your best friend's kids and spread the message of self-love. Love it. Thank you so much, Kiana. So Kiana, before we take off, we'd love to know what is one thing you would like to dare our listeners to do after hearing your episode? I would like to dare the listeners to have the courage to be 
imperfect, to embrace it, to lean into it, because it's a reflection of vulnerability and has the power to completely transform your artistry. Yes, we love that. We loved just hearing all about you and your talent and the heart behind Honey and Vinyl. And just thank you so much for really discussing imperfection today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, ladies. Kiana provided so many great tips for us to strive for perfection on a wedding day, but really embrace imperfection and give ourselves grace as the industry is incredibly just all about the hustle and all about Mm -hmm. striving for every aspect of a wedding from the pictures and photographs to the food, to the planning and execution to be so, so perfect. Mm -hmm. I just love how she talked about not even giving grace to yourself and your team, but thinking about the other vendors who are also going through that moment. And I hope that you take her dare and you just lean into that and take a deeper look in how you can embrace imperfection. So we hope our dare to develop listeners take on imperfection and give themselves grace. Thanks so much for joining us today on dare to develop. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review. If you love today's episode, don't forget to check out the show notes at dare to develop podcast.com and follow along on IG at dare to develop. Catch us next week for more fun as we hear from creatives who have dared greatly in their businesses and develop community along the way.